for me any. Well, that's all right. <laughs> Testing, one, two, three. Tracy, alcoholic. All right. <laughs> so anyway, I wanted to welcome all the newcomers and uh, all the, the out-of-town gentlemen and uh, the chip people. Let me tell you, we're sitting here celebrating life over death. And I am grateful to be alive. I am grateful to be sober. I mean, it's, uh, I love being a newcomer. Um, God, it was, <laughs> I love taking chips. I take them every week just to get a hug. <laughs> I want to congratulate John and Monica for their birthdays. That is awesome. I want to thank John and Monica for asking my wife and I to come here and, and speak tonight. I mean, that's uh, to hear Monica share about her daughter and, and just celebrating life. It's, uh, it, it's beautiful. I love Alcoholics Anonymous. To me, it's um, like going to, it, it could be like going to a, a comedy store because there's lots of laughter, hearing the stories of how we were, what happened, and what life is like now. For me, it's also like, uh, for me being in the Boy Scouts, I was in the Boy Scouts in the early uh, 60s. The people in the, in the Scouts taught me how to pack a pack and how to hike and how to build a campfire, pitch a tent, all that stuff. And then when I got into Alcoholics Anonymous, it was the same thing. All of you have been teaching me uh, a way of life that I can get through life being sober. Um, you know, Dow was sharing a, about her family and, you know, she didn't have loving, caring parents. We're, we're complete opposites of each other. She grew up in Dallas. I grew up in California. She grew up in a not loving family. I grew up in a loving family. Lots of hugs. I have uh, um, uh, grew up with a mom, a dad, three amazing brothers. All four of us are three years and three months apart. And never had, we didn't grow up with grandfathers. We grew up with one grand grandmother. And, you know, I was um, born and raised in California. So back then, there was 10 million people living in California. There's over 40 million now. There was one freeway back when I was growing up. There's probably, what, 100 freeways? And that freeway was the five freeway. It consisted of three lanes, and it stopped at Disneyland. <laughs> and then the rest was a two-lane highway that you just go through miles and miles of orange groves until you got to Laguna Canyon. That was the way you got to Laguna Beach to the coast was Laguna Canyon or the coast highway. Um, it was a great, great time growing up. I grew up in a, a neat little uh, town or uh, community called Hidden Hills which was uh, across a, a two-lane highway, uh, Calabasas, if you're familiar with that. 
There's a, a freeway that runs through there now called the 101 Ventura Freeway. But the way we got out there, there was no freeway back then. The Ventura wasn't there, so he had to take uh, um, Ventura Highway uh, to, to get out there. But God, what a great place to grow up. It was absolutely beautiful. And one neat thing that uh, my dad taught us growing up is that brothers do not fight brothers. And everybody go, because I, I have had three large brothers. We never fought. Uh, I think I argued once with each brother. And uh, so that, that was a, a great way of growing up. You know, I, I went to school uh, elementary in 1960. The school was in uh, Malibu Canyon. And uh, there was no houses back in those days. There's uh, farmland. Um, there's houses in uh, Thousand Oaks, but that, that was about it. God, what a great place to go to school. It was neat taking the, the school bus on the, the Ventura, Ventura Highway, the two lane, and, and pulling into school. And, and uh, you know, I love going to school. So for me, I was a late bloomer when it, when, it, when it came to drinking. I was having too much fun as a kid. I loved being in the Boy Scouts. So it wasn't, and I was, I was a good kid till uh, 11th grade. Because in ninth and 10th grade, you'd have these assemblies, and we'd have uh, um, students that used to go to school there, get up there, and they'd be talking about uh, alcohol and drugs. I just thought, what a bunch of losers. This is never, ever going to happen to me. Well, it did. <laughs> and that was 11th grade. And uh, I know we don't talk about drugs and, uh, and alcoholics anonymous, but let me tell you, I was a major drug addict. You name it, I did it. I took hundreds of trips and never, never once left my house. And, and now that I'm sober, I take so many trips and it is beautiful to get outdoors. And uh, I had friends that were being taken away in straight jackets. So uh, I quit drugs on my own. And that was 1971 when I quit doing drugs. That's all I'm going to talk about. Now, the alcohol is a different story. The alcohol for me was the hardest drug to quit. I loved drinking. I loved, I, I wish that, uh, that readings here, who was it that, that, that read uh, taking trips, not taking trips, uh, uh, swearing off forever, uh, drinking beer or wine? I drank wine once. I got so sick. I threw up all over my friend's or mother's prized flowers. And uh, I didn't know that that happened until decades later when I went to the house to make an amends to, to a friend. And uh, so I, that was the last I drank of, of wine. But beer, I love beer. I was a, a Budweiser drinking drinker. And when I turned 21, I joined, uh, I joined Anheuser-Busch. Oh, God, that was great. <laughs> Out in Van Nuys for uh, $15 a year, 
you got like a credit card with your picture on it and your name on it. And you could, and they had, it was like a wild animal park. It was uh, like uh, the Marine land. It was like uh, a magic mountain. It had everything there and you could go there and drink all the beer you could all day long, every day for free. <laughs> it was awesome. And, uh, but uh, we would go there in the, in the morning and uh, next to it was the, the Van Nuys Airport. And there they had a bunker which we would go and drink Bloody Marys and watch the Three Stooges and Laurel and Hardy movies until Bush Gardens opened up. Then we'd go to Bush Gardens and, and drink beer. But the sad thing about that, all the, all, the, all the stuff that was there never once went on a ride. Never once and, you know, talked to a few monkeys, but that, that, was, <laughs> uh, that, that, that was about it. And we got, we got escorted out of there at least once a month. And, uh, but, and then a, a friend of mine growing up, he had an airplane in, in high school and we'd fly all over California and go to, go to places and sit in front of the liquor store and ask somebody that was old enough to buy his beer. And, uh, that, that, that was fun. Um, I love, I love sobriety. Um, my, uh, last drunk or, um, well, before I did a lot of drinking in, in the Dana Point Harbor and I moved down there in the early seventies. And so there was a bar there called down the hatch, which is now Turks. And I would drink at, uh, Harpoon Henry's and I would drink at El Torito. Anyway, I joined a drinking club at uh, Harpoon Henry's and there was a, a gentleman that wasn't drinking. And so I asked him, you know, why are you not drinking? He says, I'm a, I'm a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. I go, oh, I heard of Alcoholics Anonymous. What's it about? But he didn't want to tell me what it was about. All he did was just shoved his business card across the table. And I, and I took that card and put it in my pocket. And it wasn't until weeks later that I, I gave him a call. And uh, he met me at uh, the bottom of the stairs of uh, this, this school, which is across from the Montage. And that school, oh, that meeting was that my wife was down that was sharing about was a 705 attitude adjustment meeting. And I'll tell you, I needed an attitude adjustment every single day. And I was waiting for him. Next to that was a, a burger place called Duke's. It's now Ruby's. But Duke would be in there flipping burgers when we get out of the meetings. And he owned both sides of Coast Highway from light to light. And... Uh, and I was waiting there and waiting there. And all of a sudden, the guy showed up. We took those 12 steps up to this blue door. And I'm going, what in the heck am I getting myself into? But before that, that blue door opened, I'm looking around down the stairs. And I go, my life is in shambles. I am, uh, I am not liking myself. 
And once that blue door opened and all you happy, loving, caring people were in that building, that gymnasium. And that was back when you could smoke and there was a lot of smoking going on in that room. A lot of laughter, a lot of love, and a lot of hugs. And uh, Dow was saying, I, I'm a hugger and uh, I hug a lot of trees. And uh, anybody that's having problems with alcohol and you feel like having a drink, get out there and hug that tree. Because it's impossible to drink while hugging a tree. <laughs> it is. Oh, God. Especially those trees up in the sequoias, uh, the sequoia trees in Yosemite that are, you talk about a higher power, those trees are two to 3,000 years old. And when I'm hugging that tree, it's putting a smile on my face. And I say the serenity prayer. And it makes me feel good. I don't feel like drinking afterwards. A friend of mine, uh, he finds, uh, he taught me about the finding uh, pennies on the ground. And so whenever I see a penny, I pick it up. I give it a rub. I say the serenity prayer. And then I toss it somewhere. Somebody else could find that penny. And that's uh, another thing that I do. Um, you know, before that, you know, I was, uh, I, I, I married a lady back in the 70s. And man, could she drink. God, she could out drink all my friends. It was great. I was at, my, my little brother uh, uh, had this party. And I'm seeing this gal across the room. And I'm standing there and I'm staring at her. Yeah, with a smile on my face. And then she flips me off. So I'm going, she can't be doing that to me. I turn around and I go, me? And she goes, yes, you. And years later, we got married. Uh, <laughs> fell in love with her right away. Uh, but that was, that was one drinking marriage. I tried quitting drinking in the 70s. Um, I was having a lot of uh, physical uh, pain and a lot of discomfort. And so I saw a doctor and he suggested that I quit drinking. So I quit drinking for a month, but my wife was still drinking. She was going out, sometimes coming home, sometimes not coming home. Because my mom but, lied about me and then she just, and my, she just added on to it. She told the cops I punched my mother. No, that wasn't me. Yeah. But anyway, this is, I'm getting, that was you? Oh, yeah. I'm getting some feedback. Um, but, uh, what did she say? We're talking about that ex-wife. <laughs> uh, she divorced me. Yeah. Uh, that was the best thing that ever happened. But, uh, um, you know, I, anyway, I, I kept drinking and I saw another doctor in the early 80s. And this is a doctor that I saw, that I, that I saw a lot when I was a little kid growing up. And I went in there and I was telling him all the stuff that I was going through, the, the not feeling good. He gave me 
about uh, 200 questions to fill out. And I spent a couple of days filling it out and went back the next, uh, next week to, uh, to see him. Well, in there, I don't know if anybody here has ever taken the 20 questions to see if you're an alcoholic. Well, I scored 100, <laughs> 20 out of 20. And if you answer yes to one, you might be an alcoholic, two or three, you're definitely an alcoholic. So when the doctor came, he says, I know exactly what your problem is. We don't have to go through anything else. He says, you're an alcoholic. And I started laughing. I, I go, that can't be so. Because I, uh, you know, we're talking about switching. I, I told him I haven't had a beer in over a year. All I drink is rum, vodka, whiskey, and tequila. So he explained to me that you can be an alcoholic. And I said, okay. So I was meeting my brothers and all my friends at Ola Mendy's uh, across the highway, coast highway from Hole in the Fence in, uh, in, in Dana Point area or, or San Clemente. Anyway, I open up the doors and they're all there and they're all looking at me and they go, what did the doctor say? I said, I'm an alcoholic. They're all clapping and cheering. And I sat down and drank beer with them. <laughs> and, and in the meantime, see this thing with the divorce didn't wasn't going over too well. So I was uh, uh, that was gothic and black, but I was uh, back then I was cutting myself to uh, ease the pain, and uh, that was yeah that was no fun because alcohol quit working. So uh, my brother saw the scars on my hands and my arms and wanted to know what was going on. And I was explaining to him and my oldest brother, God, I love my oldest brother. This is the best thing he's ever said. Says, if you want to kill yourself, tell me and I'll do it for you. <laughs> now that is brotherly love. <laughs> that is because he cared that much. So they took me to this clinic in Ventura to speak to a guy. Well, I moved back to Dana Point. I was driving to, uh, from Dana Point to Oxnard uh, every week to see this guy because it felt so good to talk to somebody. It felt so good just to explain what was going on because I stuffed everything. I stuffed all my feelings. I wouldn't let anybody know what was going on. And God, that felt good. But God, right when I got on the freeway, I have a smile on my face. I'm listening to some rock and roll and feeling good. But then somebody would piss me off on the freeway. And uh, I love to chase cars. But uh, and then and then I want to turn around and I wanted to go back and talk to them to get me back to that feeling good again. And when I joined Al Alcoholics Anonymous, and heard you people share, I go, wow, they're sharing that? Maybe I can scoop some of that stuff out that I've been stuffing all the time. Tracy, how's it going? Going good. It's going good. Check that out. It's going really good. But it wasn't. But the magic was, was sharing. And I would share all the time. And, and people like yourselves that got up here, like John and Monica that were sharing their, their birthdays, they would share their experience, strength, and hope on how you get through 
a day without drinking, a day without using? How do you get on the freeway without chasing anybody? How do you go to, I drank everywhere. I love drinking in grocery stores. First thing I would do is go in the grocery store and go over where the cooler was and I grabbed those mixed cocktails called club cocktails. Boy, those things are good. Now drink those down and I'd hide them behind the potato chips or the cookies because I, I didn't want to pay for them. <laughs> that paying for them came later on the step nine, <laughs> making an amends. But, uh, but at the time, uh, that's what I was doing. I would, I would drink in the, uh, hospitals after an operations. Uh, I drink it. No, I love drinking at Disneyland. And uh, they had a liquor store on the other side where the hotel was by the, the monorail. So we would always bring in a bottle of whiskey and drink rum and, rum and Cokes and sit in a movie theater and watch cartoons. And then when we run out, we get on the Mat Matterhorn and go to the liquor store. That was right when you get off the Matterhorn, pick up those little uh, airplane bottles and get back on again. But uh, anyway, so now I'm getting to, <laughs> getting to that, that last drunk. That last drunk happened on, uh, on, a, on a Sunday. It was uh, on Golden Lantern and Coast Highway. We were out on my friend's boat and we were drinking. And on the way back, we, we ran out of alcohol. So we started fighting on the docks. We're throwing people off the docks in the ocean. People are coming out of Jolly Roger to watch us. We got the boat on, the boat is crooked on the trailer. We're driving off, we're going co across Coast Highway on the Golden Lantern, the truck stops. So we get out and, because my friends know how to start a vehicle, you pour gasoline on it and start it. And when it bursts in the flames, it, uh, I'm putting the flames out with uh, uh, the ski flag. Anyway, the fire trucks and the, and the policemen showed up. They started, the cops yelled at us for being drunk, told us to get the uh, truck and boat off the street in there. I don't want to see the rest of the night. And uh, so that, that was it. And I gave my uh, friend a call and that's where he's getting back to the, to the uh, 705 attitude adjustment meeting. I love going to meetings. I was at that meeting every single morning at seven o'clock. And I would share every morning because it felt so good to get the stuff out that I was that I was stuffing inside. And then the people would share their experience, strength and hope. And then I'd go to work. I was working uh, 40 to 50 hours a week and I was going to 17 meetings a week. And I had plenty of time to party and go to concerts. And God, I, I, I lived and partied more sober than I ever did drinking or using and going to meetings. God, our meetings at the hospital, they would, uh, the beginners meeting would be like this. It started at seven o'clock. So you get there at six 30, so you get a seat. And then the, the beginners meeting would be from seven to eight, then a half hour break. And then the speaker meeting would be from eight 30 to 10 o'clock at night. And then, we, then we'd have a meeting after the meeting. Then we'd go out to dinner and uh, have a meeting at dinner. And then we'd go to the movies. And, and then we'd get home at 2 in the morning and then get up and be at the meeting at, at the, in the morning at, 
at 6.30 and then go to work for eight hours. And, and we did, I did that every single day. And, uh, and I had the most amazing sponsor. When anything would come up, I would just give him a call. And he would call me down. He says he had all these good lines. His, his name was Lauren, Lauren Gladstone, just an unbelievable beginner uh, sponsor. And I would share what's going on. He says, well, uh, look at your feet. So I'd be down there looking at my feet like I'm looking at my feet right now. And where am I? I'm in a meeting. Nothing's going on right now. I'm not, I'm not in the hospital getting an operation. I'm not in the dentist chair getting drilled on. I'm not in jail. I'm not getting, um, I'm not having, I'm not in any fights, no problems going on. I'm in, that's in the here and now, right now, looking at my feet. There is a guy at the hardcore Harbor meeting that had a watch on one wrist and a watch on the other. One had the time with, with, the, with the, the minutes and hours. The other one, he took all the, the, the arms off and he wrote in there now, right now, right in the here and now, right now, everything is good. And uh, I, I got a kick out of that. But before that, um, uh, the, the way that meeting got started was with some good friends of mine, Dottie and Richard Bishop. I don't know if anybody here ever knew them, but uh, they got a resentment at the meeting I was going to, the 705 Attitude Adjustment meeting. So they left the meeting and started the Hardcore Harbor meeting. So the next day I go to the meeting, all my friends are gone. The people I looked up to were gone. I, I got a resentment. So I went to that meeting the next day to share about my resentment. And, uh, and the meeting wasn't there. It was upstairs overlooking the, the harbor. It was very, very small. Then it got so big that it went down to where it was for the last 30 years. God, Richard and Dottie were just such beautiful people. Dottie was the very first person I met in Alcoholics Anonymous. Her husband, Richard, was the second person. The person that took me there to that very first meeting was their son, Richard Bishop Jr. Just what a great guy. Then his brother was there. So we got, I mean, having four bishops at a meeting was just awesome. And they're just uh, very, very good people. You know, it's been a, you know, a, a great journey, but God, you know, things happen, things pop up. I just had Cush pull me aside at, at break just to share what was going on with him. And I appreciated that, that share, but that's, he wants to stay sober. He wants to live a good life. He doesn't want to do anything. He I'm not going to share what he shared with me because that's not right. But he just wanted to share because he didn't want anything bad that to happen. And I think that's awesome. He went out of his way to ask me for, for an opinion. I appreciate that. You're going to go find. And I told him, do not beat up on my friend because Kush is my friend. I learned that from my sponsor because I would share stuff that was going on and he said, God, quit beating up on my friend. I go, I'm not beating up on you. No, no, no. You, 
Quit beating up on yourself. You're sober. You're here at a meeting. So quit beating up on yourself. I tell people that all the time. I also tell them, the, uh, um, you know, the hug the tree thing. I tell people to smell a flower. Treat yourself when you're outside. I mean, with all this chaos that's going on, there's nothing better than the smell of a nice, awesome flower. And I tell people, don't forget to breathe. You know, I, I learned that from my, my dentist because I would be in there. I'm not looking at my feet. I'm worrying about what he's going to be doing to me. So I'm digging into the armrest. And he says, breathe. And I go, I am. He says, no, you're not. And, and when, I, when, I'm, when I take a deep breath, since I, I grew up on, on, on the beaches here, I smell the ocean. And when I'm smelling the ocean, it brings back amazing memories of a little kid vacation in Laguna and Dana Point before they built the harbor. And God, that just feels good. Cause then I think about my parents. I think about my brothers and, uh, and, I, and I'm grateful to be alive. I'm standing here celebrating life over death. These, all this, these years that I have is all bonus years, all free living. All I had to do was say I was an alcoholic, quit drinking, do some of the simple steps. And from that one day from the newcomers, I had one second of sobriety when I opened up that blue door. And since I did the things that were suggested to me, I'm standing here with 38 years of sobriety. And in September, I'll celebrate 39 years. I'm looking forward to that because I'll be way into my 40th year once I celebrate my 39th yeah. year. <laughs> How cool is that? Is that staying in the year now? No, but uh, sure, it's fun thinking about it. But God, I would have missed out. I didn't think I'd make it past 30 years old. I'm 71 years old. I am living life. All those trips I took on that stuff, never leaving the house. And all the adventures that I've been on. God, I met these people that were going to Australia. They invited me. I just met them. They invited me to go to Australia and we're, we're going to go camping. We're going to buy a car. We're going to get, get a backpack. I get a sleeping bag. And, and, I, and I, I tell my friends, I'm just going to go for a month. I got three months later, I came home. How cool is that? But, you know, the first two weeks in Australia, I had the chicken pox. So I was in quarantine for two weeks. And then, uh, and then when I was able to come out of my quarantine, I was going to AA meetings. I had a year and a half sobriety and I'm in Australia where everybody drinks. The people I'm, I'm traveling with, they're drinking. We're going to bars. They're smoking weed. I have my head out the window like a dog, you know, trying not to breathe in the marijuana. And, uh, but I stayed sober. I went to some meetings. And I'll tell you, if, if you're going to a meeting and if you're if you're out of town and if you don't want to speak, you don't want to share, 
do not wear a shirt that says California on it because that's what happened to me. I'm sitting way in the back like Dow used to do because I don't want I don't want to participate. I just want to sit there and listen and soak in all the good stuff. But the guy up there, he said, hey, the, the guy way in the back there with the California shirt, get up here and give us a talk. And I said, OK. And they, they just came out with the very first edition of the Australian Big Book. That first meeting I went to, they, they just came out with the Australian Big Book. And there they, they, the, the guys at the meeting signed it. And I still have that big book today. And I think about whenever I travel, I bring AA stuff with me. I love music. I take my cassette tapes and, um, and listen to music. And, uh, and I would call people and I'd share what's going on. Dow and I have been on some amazing uh, adventures. You know, I, I, I dated a, a number of, of women in Alcoholics Anonymous that said, that's the last time I'm going to date a sober alcoholic in Alcoholics Anonymous. I am done. And I'm at, I'm at the meeting at the, the 705 Attitude Adjustment meeting. And I'm sharing at the meeting and I'm sad as can be. And the holidays are coming up. I don't, my, my, I don't have a girlfriend. That, that, thank you, 10 minutes. I get that. And I'm sharing this. And this is when it comes to what Dow was sharing about. She loved it that I was finally sad. And just, <laughs> you know, because at meetings, my feelers are up here. You know, I'm happy, happy, happy. And then. And then she doesn't want me anymore. Sad. <laughs> happy. Sad. She saw me when I was unhappy. My feelers down. She asked me out. We've been together for 30 years. And uh, we've gone through a lot of stuff. You know, we go through this stuff in sobriety. You know, just because we're married and sober doesn't mean that we don't have stuff going on. Lots of stuff going on. I've been sober through a lot of family members passing. Never once had to take a drink. I can remember when my dad died in the 80s. All my family members, all their girlfriends and wives are all drinking. I sat in that room with my dad for over an hour. Just me and my dad. He was just lying there. His eyes are rolled back. I'm just sitting there just and I'm sober. I'm just thinking of the times that we would go to Laguna Beach back in the 50s and thinking about mowing the lawn and just being with my dad and just what an amazing dad he was. So I knew right when he was going to die. And, uh, and so I called down to my brothers, my three brothers, and my mom, we all, they all came upstairs. We all got on the king size bed. All five of us, we put both hands on top of my, my dad. And then his eyes rolled back forward and he's laying there looking up at us. All of a sudden he just gives us a big smile. And then, then he, he points up towards and then he dies. Then we all start crying. I'm you know, with my brothers. I've never seen my brothers cry before. We're all crying. But afterwards, what do they do? They go back downstairs. They're down there drinking. I'm upstairs. I spent another hour with them. Just telling them, I love you. You've been the best dad ever. Thank you for everything that you did for us. 
and then the, the coroners came and got him. You know, I've been through, I watched my, my mom die, uh, my older brother's wife died, my younger brother's wife died, and then my older brother was diagnosed with uh, bone marrow cancer. And uh, I told him I was the driver. He didn't want any friends taking him. He just wanted me to take him to the hospital. So I was taking him to the hospital three, four times a week for two years. And I told him, I'll never, ever let you down. You can count on me. And he did. When anything happened, he would give me a call. And then uh, I was there. We had to pull the plug on him. I stayed sober. Some of his kids didn't stay sober. I have uh, my wife's in the program. She's got uh, 36 years. Mom, 44 years. My ex-wife's in the program. My little brother's in the program. I have three nephews that are in a program that were str struggling. One of them, what am I saying is don't lick your fingers because one of my nephews was a bartender with six years of sobriety. He licked his fingers so many times he got drunk and uh, it wasn't for a year, whatever it was until he came back. He's an amazing example. He is married. He's got a career. He's got a, a baby girl named Ivy. He has a business. I'm just so happy for him. My little brother, he really struggled being so, he was, wow, what a bad alcoholic. And I loved him. I loved him so much. I'm on the phone with my sponsor. My sponsor is RB that lives in San Clemente. By the way, I don't live in San Clemente. Just to let you know, we live in San Juan Capistrano. Just to clarify that, whether that makes a difference or not. But anyway, um, I'm calling uh, my sponsor and I'm telling him what's going on. He's talking to his sponsor, Lynn Wilder. So we got three people on the phone and he says, dial 911, get him arrested. And I go, wow, that's a little drastic, isn't it? I love him, but God, isn't that going too far? He says, but call him, call the cops. I called him. The cops showed up. God, that was one of the best phone calls to have my little brother arrested because now he's sober and he's married and, uh, and his son is in the program. And uh, that's, uh, I mean, I love my brother. I didn't want him to hurt himself. I didn't want him to hurt anybody out there. And I didn't want him to hurt his daughter. And he has an amazing life today. So it's like, give yourself a chance. Don't beat up on my friend. If something is going on, share about it. Don't be afraid to, to, to call somebody or talk to somebody afterwards. Don't keep that stuff inside. Life is so precious. Life is so good. Uh, Dal and I, we love, how much more time there? A little over five minutes. We love this movie called Harold and Maude. Yeah. It's one of the best cult movies out there. There's this old lady that this guy does all these crazy things. He's falling in love with this lady. They love to hang out at cemeteries. They love doing all these quirky things and all that. And uh, falls in love and they're having the most amazing spiritual time together. Anyway, it's time for her to go. And uh, so she explains it to him. She, she, takes her, she takes her life. 
and he's crying and, and before she dies, he's, he's crying and says, Maud, I love you so much. Please don't go. And, and, and she goes, uh, Ma goes, that's good, Harold. Now go out and love some more. How awesome is that? I love people every day. I love, I go on bike rides three times a week. I wave at the trains. Sometimes they wave back. Sometimes they honk their horns. I wave at, at people walking on the streets. I talk to people at the stores. I, I love hugging, so I, you know, the cash register lady or whatever, the doctors or nurses, I'll hug them. I don't care. And uh, I'm just uh, grateful for them. I'm grateful for them of, of all the work that they've uh, done on my wife. Now, those were some scary times. God, I spent so many hours in the hospitals with her. And uh, I'm just so grateful that they were able to. Uh, able to, to, to fix things up. And, uh, you know, we still go through things, but it, there's never been a reason to have a drink. What's a drink going to do? Is it going to solve anything? Is it going to bring my family back? Is it going to make driving better? Is it going to make work better? Is, I mean, I've been in construction for over 45 years. We all drank on the job. God, I didn't know anybody that didn't drink. And uh, now, but God, I, I love waking up. I love the mornings. I love opening up the sliders and we, we turn the, the fountain on and the hummingbirds are in there. They're, they're, they're humming and drinking and, and I'm on a Zoom meeting. And then we, we see the ducks fly around because we have a couple of lakes in our, in our neighborhood. And uh, life is good. I would have missed on all of this. I would have missed this coming here, just sharing my experience, strength, and hope on how you stay sober just one day at a time. Because there's miracles right here. Even if you have a day or 17 days, 20 days, 30 days, where are the chips? Six months. And uh, celebrating John and Monica celebrating their birthdays, the smiles on their faces. The love in the air. I mean, it's just, uh, it's just, it's just beautiful. The experiences that I've experienced. And I would have missed out on all of this. You know that all my friends are in Alcoholics Anonymous? All of them. It's the greatest family. My, my sponsor, Lauren, he didn't have a family. But Alcoholics Anonymous was his family. And uh, God, we love he was such a character. He was uh, 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 boiling some peas one night and the peas boiled over and he freaked out. They were over the stove. They're on the ground. They're underneath the stove. He's cleaning everything up and he's trying to get the peas out from underneath the stove, but he couldn't get them all. So what's the answer to that? He moved out. <laughs> You're talking about working a program. <laughs> what step is that? But uh, one minute. Anyway, uh, I want to thank John and Monica for letting Dal and I to speak. I just welcoming the newcomers or out of towner. Don't beat up on my friend. Just be good to yourself. It's just one day at a time, one minute at a time. Don't forget. Ah, 
Don't forget to breathe. Give somebody a hug. Never go a day without telling somebody you love, love them because you may never get that chance again. My brothers, as big as we were, but we are always telling each other we love each other. I hug them all the time because I don't want to miss that chance. And I don't want to beat myself up playing the woulda, shoulda game. God, God, I should have. I was going to tell him I loved him. I'll do that tomorrow. Son of a gun. Now he's gone. I was going to give him a hug and just tell him, God, what a good friend you are. Thank you for being my, whoa. God. <laughs> Remember that as a kid and you duck underneath your tables or chairs? <laughs> I just got the red card that said time. I want to thank you very much. I hope everybody has, and happy Father's Day to the fathers. I hope everybody has a good evening and enjoy your week next week. Don't drink no matter what. The miracles are there. Thank you. Thank you.